Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. It's April 11th, 2019, and it's time for my private audio call. Actually, it's 6... 1 p.m. California time. Um, tonight our guest speaker is Bob Locke, and um, I believe he's here. Is that you? That is. Hey, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How you been? Excited to be here. I'm glad. Good, good. I'm busy, busy as all get out. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get on. Um, on the computer, but for whatever reason, it's giving me some grief. So, um, oh, so I'll, I'll, that, that way at least I can look at the. Oh, okay, there we go. There we go. That way at least I can uh, look at the chat and 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 see that stuff. Okay, good. I'm okay. in. Okay, all righty. Um, so, what are you going to update us with? What's new since you were on last time? Have you discovered any new remedies, or uh, has there been any defeats or? Um, uh, you know what? what there's there's been there's been some there's been some some good things some interesting things um been doing a lot of um a lot of deeper research with respect to um passport issues um you oh. know the last time i i talked to you um you know we introduced a lot of people to Christopher Gronsky and the work that, that that his group has been doing on the passports, and mm-hmm. um, and and Christopher has some great educational stuff. I I've got nothing nothing you know negative to say about Christopher and the work that they do. They do some really yeah, good things, and I've gotten people. He's been on. Um, he's been on our call. He's been on our call a half a dozen times, I think. Yeah, he's, you know, I, I, I mean, the way that I look at kind of the evolution of my, um, of, of my uh, perspectives on the passport, and it's basically um, what happened was, um, I, I, I think the first stuff that I found, God, was Roger Sales. Um, mm-hmm. Years and years ago, did some really good stuff, and and that kind of led to Vaughn Brooks at CopperMoonshineStill.com, who's got mm-hmm. some great information out there, um, and then that ultimately led me to Christopher with his citizenship and passport classes, and um, you know recently I've just kind of diverged because um, I. I've taken it to another level, and and um, Christopher, for his own reasons, he he teaches some great information with respect to uh, uh, you know being an American citizen as opposed to a U.S. citizen, and um, and and as I was getting deeper and deeper into the stuff, I I, I saw that, um, and and I talked to him, you know. For his own reasons, he doesn't want to 
um, I guess ruffle feathers uh, out there with the with the you know government services corporations, and um, and so you know he's helping people, he's educating people with respect to their political status, which I think is a very very valuable service. Um, but when I saw recently what's happened is, and you and I have seen this a million times, where all of a sudden um, a all of a sudden there's a uh, a change in in focus or a change in responses or strategies by these government services corporations, and then you have to adjust, right? So I mean, we've seen it where you know we were helping people with collections issues, and we would mm -hmm. win in you know thousands of cases, and then all of a sudden they change, and now we had to you know analyze the change and, and research it and regroup and yeah and and figure out where you know how to adjust our strategies and the same thing with foreclosures the same thing you know with all kinds of loans especially and 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 that's basically what has happened here in my mind um, what we've seen is that if you don't go in and give your social security number which is an indication that you are a US citizen then the State Department will refuse to give you a passport, and so, um, and so now, Christopher has has started instructing people to give that, you know, whether you're giving it under, you know, under duress or 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 what, you know, the question is what you intend um, in your mind. Does that necessarily have the impact on your passport application as you're intending it, because because as I got deeper into um, the passport research, there were a number of different things that I saw where, like I said, I diverged in terms of my research and in terms of how I view the passport. Because in my mind, as I said to you before, the passport is a critical component. Uh, correcting your status um, at at the at the state and federal levels is is critical. Um, it's the only way that we're ever going to get the uh, the de jure government resuscitated. Um, but in terms of a practical, um, in terms of a practical travel credential, the passport has two very important components to it. One, it corrects the record in the database at the State Department, which trickles down through uh, the NCIC, uh, you know, the criminal computer. Um, and and so, if you get pulled over, we have a number of people that we've that we've been working with on this stuff, where if they get pulled over, they're asked for the driver's license and they hand them the passport card, and they go back and they run the plates, and they run the passport card and they come back and they say, uh, sorry to have bothered you, um, you know, please drive safely. Hand them back the card and tell them to be on their way because there's a do not engage. Do not detain on really on their yeah on their record on the computer. So and that's by doing what Anna that's by doing Anna's process and, and correcting your status right. Well yeah I mean or, correcting your status and but then you do but then you also do the passport which which really hits one of the the the, the toughest nails um, in the coffin in that U.S. citizen coffin which is that State Department computer that goes off to databases all over the world, right? 
Um, so you know, you imagine all these interlocking databases. Well, this is this what it, this basically does is it, it, it you know, it, it starts a cascade down through all these different databases, and it corrects your status to reflect what you've done at the state level with your status correction documents as Anna has recommended. And it took me a while um, in conversations with Anna to get her to understand why I was being so strong about the passport and why Christopher's educational materials excited me the way that they did. Because in my mind, you know, most people don't have the wherewithal. Now, a lot of the people on your call have absolutely the wherewithal, the education, the knowledge with respect to how these systems are set up and, and the history um, of this country and, and, and how we got to where we are today. Um, and, but a lot of the people don't. And so if they're challenged in any level, um, they're not going to be able to enunciate their, their uh, or defend themselves when somebody challenges them with respect to these things. And so to me, having that passport and the passport card really takes care of that, right? Because you don't have the indicia of US citizenship because you don't have the driver's license. You've got this. And, um, and like I said, it kind of crams down into the databases from the top of the mountain as opposed to picking away at them you know, one by one. Because what we've done with respect to status correction is you know, we've gone out and you go to the states and you go to the Secretary of State and the Department of Health and, and, and you correct it from there. You know, you're sending out, maybe you're sending out letters to, to the governor or the attorney general, et cetera. And then you're going to the Treasury and to the IRS and to other, um, uh, uh, other agencies like the State Department and you're presenting them with certified copies of your status correction documents. But the problem is you never get um, anything back in most cases from those entities to verify, in fact, that your efforts at correcting your status have, have been successful. Um, we have anecdotal evidence of people that have then gone out and had interactions with, um, uh, had interactions with uh, law enforcement or, or other um, agencies and and had them come back and say, okay, the last time I had this kind of an interaction with somebody, this happened, and now, you know, that changed. And however that changed reflected a, um, an indication that they were being looked at differently in terms of their political status than they had been the last time. In my mind, the passport just cuts to the chase and it makes it a whole lot simpler. And and so I went through you know, a process over a number of months where I was researching this stuff and you know, finally got Anna to say, you know, okay, I see that. Because in my, in my mind, okay, you know, we're at a point where there are millions of people here who are going off and correcting their status and, um, and, and are taking the steps necessary to do things like get the jural assemblies um, reestablished in their states. And, um, and, 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 and really take the, the, the solid concrete steps to revive the original de jure government that, that we have here. And, 
it's a slow process, and you know we'd love to see it go faster. But in my mind, what I said to Anna was, look at, you know, you're going to have a whole lot easier of a time um, with people who, you know, are late to the game, right? And and they've just started researching these things, and it's going to take them time to get up to speed. But we can get them educated to a point where, you know they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and where they need to do it and they've got tangible evidence that in fact that status has been corrected via the the the, the passport and the passport card and um so now now Anna's talking about that as well um so that's a to me that's a, a net positive because it's going to make it, it it's going to make the reestablishment of the drill assemblies and the um, uh, and the courts and in 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 the governments um, come that much quicker. Um, the what I found as I went through and and really dove deep into the original research on the passport and the the State Department pushing back and saying you have to give me your um, have to give me your your social security number or I'm not going to give you a passport I, I had to go down to I had to get into the paper records I had to go into the archives at the law library and go back and find the original um, the original law and evidence of the original law as it was written. Now, the State Department demands that you provide your Social Security number um, uh, pursuant to 26 U.S.C. 6039E, that's 6039E. And, and they, they, they put language in there, you know, citing directly to that. And if you look at the language that's there and then you go online and, and you pull up 6039E, you say, oh yeah, I've got to give my, I've got to give my Social Security number. But if you look deeper, and this is, re this is really interesting to me, and you know I love this stuff. Um, 26 U.S.C. 6039E was enacted in, as part of the Tax Reform Act of 1986. And, um, and it took it took over 26 years, it was 26 years, um, right around there, you know, 25, 26, 27 years, for them to finally draft implementing regulations for that section. And what that did, that passage of time, allowed them to basically paper over the original purpose and scope of 6039E as it applied to Americans. And what that did was it ensures that nobody here today working in the State Department in the passport agency was here in 1986, was in that position in 1986, um, and, and, and didn't understand what or doesn't understand what the purpose and scope of 6039E is. And so they just sit there and look at you like you're, like you're stupid and say, here's the language right here. It says you've got to give me your Social Security number. Well, I went back and I found the original Treasury decision that, um, that is in the congressional record regarding the passage of 26 U.S.C. 639E, and it says extremely clearly that um, that, that particular section is intended to improve tax compliance 
by resident aliens and U.S. citizens or nationals living abroad. It was enacted in order to, in order to make it so that if you were an expat living overseas, that when you went into the, um, the consulate or the embassy to get your passport renewed, all right, if you hadn't been filing your tax returns, it was a way for them to force compliance. And so that was how they started. That was what 6039E was for. And I said, well, that's interesting. And I couldn't find any, I couldn't find any, um, any indication anywhere as to when it, you know, whether or, or when um, that had, was changed to expand um, to universally apply across all citizens, right, and nationals. And so I dig, dug a little bit deeper, and I found a, uh, a, a GAO report um, uh, that, that, was, that was made in 1998 to the House Ways and Means Committee. And, and again, it went in and it said, um, the intent of Section 30, 6039E was that the IRS would use this information to identify non-filers residing abroad. So here you are, and, and over the passage of time, they have expanded the application of 6039E to apply to anybody that files a DS-11 passport application. And that's clearly not the purpose, scope, and intent of the law as passed by Congress. And the, the implementing regulations can't expand beyond and expand the application of 6039E beyond the original purpose and scope and intent that was, that was established by Congress in 1986 as part of the Tax Reform Act. And so I looked at that, and from a legal perspective, I started looking at it, and I'm saying, okay, well, you're signing this form, this government form, under penalties of perjury when you know that the law doesn't apply to you and you know that you are not the one that was intended for that law to apply to you. So by giving them the Social Security number, then you're either waiving any, any defenses or claims, et cetera, associated with that act, um, uh, and, and you're, you're implicitly, and some would say explicitly, giving them permission to view you as a U.S. citizen. And they don't give you a definition of what a U.S. citizen is when they give you the form, even though they've got four pages of you know, minutiae, detailed instructions. They don't tell you what the U.S. citizen is. Again, because over time, people have just become conditioned to believe, well, U.S. citizen, you know, I'm an American. And they don't understand that in the context of what you're doing there with respect to that DS-11 form, you're very you're you're a person, okay, and you're you're a U.S. citizen, which means that you're either a federal employee or or otherwise um, a federal citizen under the Fourteenth Amendment. And I got I got you know, and when you when you when you send Freedom of Information Act requests to the to the State Department, they come back with if they come back at all, they come back with the most obsequious you know legalese and jargon to try and basically hypnotize you and, and just make you go away. Um, but, but we've gotten some 
we've gotten some um, some very interesting correspondence back from them where they they came out right away in the in the first couple of sentences and said, um, you know, you're a U.S. citizen under the Fourteenth Amendment, um, and 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 you can't unilaterally waive the Constitution of the United States and um, and the application of that law to you. And, and I just kind of shook my head and said, and, 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 and the telling point is, okay, in, in, their, in their correspondence they say, it can't be waived by unilateral declaration except as otherwise provided by law, okay? And, and that phrase is absolutely correct on its face. Um, it gives the impression that the 14th Amendment applies to every American. And the Supreme Court has been explicit since the 14th Amendment was, was implemented. Um, you know, I think the record is really, really clear if you go through the congressional record. The 14th Amendment was never, it was never properly proposed because there wasn't a lawful Congress. And, and so if it was never properly proposed and, and sent to the states, then there's no way in the world that it could ever be properly ratified. But, that's a long argument, and you don't need to get into that. Um, but if you want to dig into the congressional record and, and look at the facts regarding that and what happened post-Civil War when they put the 14th Amendment in place um, and started and started enforcing it, you know, you get a you get a sense of it, it, some some really serious um, chicanery by by um, the executive branch and, and the um, and the Congress back then. But the Supreme Court was really really clear. Okay, there are different definitions of what the United States is. And, and you need to be explicit about which part you are allowing yourself to be subjected to, which one that you're choosing to be subjected to. Remembering that under the Articles of Confederation, which are still in place today, all right, Americans were free inhabitants on the land. And what we had was a confederation of states, individual sovereign states, which were sovereign nation states. And they still are, um, although they've been papered over. And, 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 and I liken this to, you know, you think about it in terms of, um, you, know, you walk outside and it's a cloudy day and you can't see the sun. That doesn't mean that the sun doesn't exist. It doesn't mean the sun is gone. It's not there. It just means that it's been it's been covered over, right? And and you know if you if you strip that stuff away, or you rise above it, then you can see, you know, you can see the sun clearly. And and that's what's basically happened here. So you've got this universal application of the Fourteenth Amendment, um, which creates federal citizens. The Supreme Court was very very clear that. A person can be, a, an individual can be a citizen of a particular state and not be a citizen of the United States that, you know, where the 14th Amendment applies to them. And, and that's been held and upheld and upheld by the Supreme Court forever. Um, most people blow right past that and they, they've been conditioned to see a box on an application for a driver's license or anything else and you know are you a US citizen voter registration card are you a US citizen well yeah damn right I'm a US citizen what do you think I am some kind of commie right and and they're buying into the whole they're buying into the whole um, scam 
And so you really have to be persistent. And um, so that's one, that's one area with respect, to, um, with respect to the passport application where I think you have to be very, very clear because State Department is starting to play games and understanding that they've got these silos of information where the people that you're going to interact with, they don't have the education regarding these things. They're trained, right? They're programmed where you know, this is how you process these applications. And if anything diverges from that, they don't know what the hell to do. And when you go in there and you say, hey, you know what, this is not, this is not the way that this thing is going to apply to me, they kick it to a supervisor. And the first thing that a supervisor says is, well, it's going to take a whole lot longer to process. And, and you have to anticipate that and, and say, fine, just process it correctly. And, and, and if you do that, it, it really doesn't take that long. Um, but but they, you know, they, they, don't want to let, they don't want to let the slaves off the plantation because the sum total of the 14th Amendment was to, its impact was to, you know, 13th Amendment freed the slaves, 14th Amendment enslaved everybody. And so to me, as you've got this, you know, all-seeing uh, surveillance state that is being put into place, um, you know, both on a formal level through law enforcement and, and, and all the cameras and things that we're seeing as well as the, you know, the softer stuff, uh, you know, Google and Facebook, which were just, um, uh, you know, are, are just, you know, modern iterations of, of Department of Defense programs, right, who have gone out and, um, uh, and, and created this massive surveillance state down to, you know, your Amazon Echo. Um, you know, with you know Alexa, or or you know with Siri on the other side, you've got these things who are listening to you. There are people that are listening to you, and and so I look at that, and to me, you know, that's not going to slow down or stop anytime soon. You've seen that throughout history, and 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 so those you know those choose to be ignorant of the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them, right? And, and so to me, it becomes that much more important that we take a stand on this stuff now, correct those databases, because who knows where this is going to stop. And, um, and to me, better just if you want to be a free inhabitant and just a, you know, one of the free, sovereign, independent, peaceful inhabitants of the nation state on which you're domiciled, then God bless you. You should be able to do that. And, um, and so, you know, we really started to dig deeper and deeper on the passport stuff. The other thing that we looked at um, very closely was uh, the instructions on the DS-11 uh, application, uh, specifically page four on the acts or conditions um, section, where, it, you know, it became very clear that you have to um, cross out specific language within that section um, and and then you know that's the foundation for your providing a supplementary explanatory statement that outlines all of the things that I've been talking about with respect to your status with respect to the application of 6039e with respect to um, how you're to be viewed with respect to this application with respect to the oath that you take um, and reservations of rights and things like that, and um, 
and so you know you look at those that after condition section and you see that it is an absolute critical component. And once you wrap your head around the way that it's drafted, which is in, it, you know purposely and incredibly confusing, um, with all these double negatives in there. And once you once you wrap your head around that, then you realize, well, wait a minute, this is part of the application. It's not just part of the instructions. And this is something to me that's that's critical because the people in the State Department are trained to look at a DS-11 application. And if you go in there and you hand them the four pages of instructions followed by a filled out application, the first thing that they'll do is they'll take the four pages of the instructions and immediately throw them in the garbage can, which would make the effort and that, you, that you went through to cross out the language in the, in the acts or conditions section of the instructions on page four superfluous. And that just doesn't make sense. And, 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 but you see what it does. If you, if you strike out the relevant language in the acts or conditions section, then that very clearly states, I'm not a US citizen or a US national. And, and so they're instructed and their systems read, if there's ever a conflict between whether somebody is a US citizen or not, the system will always bias in favor of viewing you as a U.S. citizen, and and so you know, and, and the first page of the instructions says these are not part of the application. You know, just throw them away. But page four directly conflicts with that. So I, I you know, what I've seen is, and, and and what I've instructed people is, you have to cross that language out, and you have to attach that as an exhibit to your supplementary explanatory statement and to that DS-11 application form because that's the foundation for your supplementary explanatory statement which sets forth your political status with respect to that, that um, application. So that to me is, is, is absolutely critical. And, and, and what you have to understand, you know, you have to you have to put these people into their place, all right? They're very risk averse. The people that you're going to confront, and you're always going to get letters back from them that aren't signed. And so we recommend putting a, a questionnaire in there to a public servant that demands that whoever is processing your application identify themselves, okay? And, um, uh, and, and that you have the ability to be able to um, verify what they've done and, um, and to confront them if in fact they've done anything wrong because they owe you that service. And so, um, so because, because ultimately what they're doing, all right, especially with respect to demanding the, uh, that you provide the social security number, what they're doing is they're violating the Privacy Act. And, um, and, and you need to call them on that. Um, there are civil and criminal penalties for violating the Privacy Act. And, 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 and if you call them on that, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's very, very apparent. If they're, if they're, what they're doing is, um, is, is you know, pushing you to divulge the Social Security number without an appropriate purpose, which is what they're doing because, because they're applying 6039E to you when it doesn't in fact apply to you if you're here. 
in the country, um, then they're liable for violations of the Privacy Act, which allows you to sue them civilly and to charge them, you know, push the, push the government to charge them criminally. And there is no defense to that because it, it's apparent on the face of their actions, it's apparent on the face of their forms. So, so those are the those are really the biggest things that have been going on since the last time that we talked. Um, mm. Angie, do me a favor. Mm. I, I, I may I may end up losing you. I'm going into a very very notoriously bad place for oh. reception. If I do, I'll call right back in. So watch for me. Um, okay. I may not lose you, but it, it's just it's always been a bad place. So. Are you moving? What do you mean? Are you driving? Yeah, I, I, I have to, well, I have to because I have to go, I have to run to the airport to pick somebody up that I didn't anticipate having. Oh, and you're on the computer too? Wow. Well, we lost you. <laughs> you there? Can't hear you, but there you are. Is that better? Okay. Yeah, I can yeah, hear you um, barely. I, you're very, oh, there you are. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it just I, I, this was unanticipated, so I, um, uh, I've got to run to the airport. I am going oh, to lose sorry. here, so just. Uh, yeah, it went silent, so I guess we lost you. So we'll stand by and wait for you. It's okay. Really interesting topic, you know, about the passport. I haven't done it yet. I want to do uh, Anna von Rice's paperwork, the status correction, you know, my political status correction. And because um, I believe you have to do that first. But, oh, well, we lost him altogether. But, all right. Well, stand by. Anybody have anything to say? Uh, comment or question? Raise your hand by uh, pressing star two. Star two. Okay. Oops, 407, I missed. I clicked on your hand and you went down. Was that, was that you? There we go. I'm got sorry. Me. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> okay. He's, he's right on the ball. Um, and 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 Roger Sell has been on uh, Sovereign mm -hmm. to Surf five dollars download for the book. In the back mm -hmm. of the book, there's an affidavit. Follow the affidavit with your application for passport, and attach a cover letter to please please insert or include this affidavit with my. And I forget I forget the terms you use with with my. Uh, personal file on record, something some to that effect, that it would be in the book. But he's absolutely correct. Start with the Secretary of State of the United States, inform that SOB of your political status, which is U.S. national state citizen. And then go from there. And it is... And, and Angela, you know, it's a ride of your life. It's like the roller coaster of <laughs> death that they put you through forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, and it never stops, and they never stop trying to get back at you and bring you back in. And 
pick at you and pick at you, and it's it's just sickening. Yep. Unless we all run for office and we all take over the city councils <laughs> and the mayors and the state legislatures, and we we got to they've done it by getting into office and doing it to us, which tells us. The only way out is to get in the office and undo what they've done to us. Yeah. It's hard Sounds and like difficult. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> but that, We've got uh, Bob back now. Bob's back. Thank you for letting me in, Angela. Oh, sure. Go ahead, Bob. Um, all right. So um, besides, I, I know, and, and I'm going to have to... Um, there's a couple of websites, new websites that Anna has has um, has developed with respect oh. to reforming the uh, uh, the state jural assemblies. Um, and um, I want to say that the first one is stateassemblies.net. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm unfortunately I didn't anticipate this. Um, I, I would have okay. pulled it up. Um, but um, it's – I'll get that to you, and, and you can distribute it to, to your okay. list. Um, and I encourage people to do that. I also, if anybody hasn't been exposed to Anna and her writings um, and, and, you know, the information that she's put out there about our um, – about the history of, of this nation and – and how we got to where we are today and how they did that to us. Um, she is just a, a magnificent resource. And, you know, whether you, whether you buy her book, um, which was really how I, I found her. I, I bought her book. Somebody turned me on to it. I bought her book, and, and, and I read it twice. And it, it had, I mean, I'm a history junkie, and, and she, was, mm. she was pulling out references and, and, and giving sources that and that you could actually find that I had never seen before that I had looked for, and um, and so you know I, I just I I can't I can't speak more highly of of Anna and the work that she's doing for you know for nothing I mean she's you know she's she's basically you know running this whole show by herself with just small donations here and there and taken out of her own taken out of her own. Um, uh, retirement and pension and stuff like that, and, mm. um, and 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 making this stuff happen, and it's just it's awesome to see it uh, coming to life as mm. as we speak. It, it, you know, there really have been significant changes in terms of in terms of this this effort to um, revive the original government and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions as to whether um, you know whether Trump and his people um, understand this and 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 are um, supportive of that or not. I, to me, um, to me, you know, the jury's still out as far as that stuff. I just don't know, and I, you know, basically, I don't I don't trust. Um, I don't trust the corporate governance, uh, you know, until until I see more. So I just found it, by the way. I found it. It's 
The website is the American State Assembly dot net. American States. Exactly. Yeah, SM, the American States Assembly dot net. Okay. I'll put, it, I'll put it, it in the is, chat. Is, yeah, please. If you could put it in the chat, that would be awesome. And, uh, you know, and I mean, if, if you're new to this stuff, go out and, and you know, go out to AnnaBonWrites.com and, and, you know, read through, read through the blog posts. Um, and, you know, that's just an, an incredible amount of, of, of free um, information that you, can, that you can, you know, tap into. So that you understand, you know, kind of how we got here, <laughs> and um, and you know, everybody. The, the more people understand these issues, um, the better chance we've got, you know. Yeah. And all the stuff that everybody was 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 saying, you know, years ago, was just um, uh, you know conspiracy theories. When you start to dig into this stuff and see the proof of it. You know, people are starting to wake up. I mean, even even my mother, you know, my mother who who has always looked at me and said, "All right, you're going out there on that one," you know. But she was a history teacher, uh, you know, in in uh, at a grammar school in Chicago at one point, and um, so she's a history junkie, which is probably where I got it, um, and. And I started talking about some of the things that had had been unearthed, and started showing her things like, you know, congressional records and um, and and other government um, documentation that you know basically lays all this stuff out there that people are just completely blowing off, and um, and it, it you know it started opening her eyes, and so we started having some some really you know cool discussions about about these issues and she's got a unique perspective she was born during the depression and so she's watched this whole thing develop and she has sensed that we're not where we we you know we're where we thought we were we're not where we think we're supposed to be um you know how did that happen and um you know so so now you know now she sees it and she's you know she'll call me up and she'll be like hey did you see this? You know, does that mean what I think it does? You know, that kind of a thing. And um, so, if 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 somebody like that, right, who is absolutely, you know, grew up from the depression, um, you know, completely conditioned, if somebody like that can have their eyes open, then anybody can. You just have to have. The desire, and and I know, you know, I know the people on your call, and those those people are, they're out there, and and you know, you've got a lot of them that are incredibly um, well educated on these issues, yeah. and I've always enjoyed the discussions. Me too. That's what I love about it, you know. Yeah, we're all yeah. learning together. So that's where, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So 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 I mean, really, that was. That was the biggest thing, you know. Those two things, in terms of Anna's efforts, and um, and and in terms of the um, uh, and in terms of the stuff with the passport, um, those are the two biggest things that I wanted to hit today. I, I you know, I, I don't, uh, fortunately, I don't think it's going to give you a full two hours, but um, you're breaking up uh, a little bit. Yeah. 
Uh, probably just a, where I am. Um, yeah. Is that better? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good, good. Um, so if you want to open up for questions, you know, happy to take some. Okay, anybody, <clears throat> excuse me, anybody that wants to ask a question, press star two. That'll put your hand up. It usually takes a few minutes. Doesn't happen immediately. Uh, if there's any questions, let me see in the chat. It's the right of the people to alter government. Yes, it is. Why not a state sovereign? Let's see. It's not about who will let you. It's all about who will stop you. So let me ask you. Have you done all this process and have you gotten your passport? Uh, yeah, but then I had a wrinkle with my passport because I had to get it. I had to get it renewed, and I had I had gone some years ago and done a process um, uh, with the IRS, and I had basically they had come back to me and said, you know, we don't have anything to talk to you about. Um, but when I went to do the passport and renew it, um, and this is what really sparked me down the, the road on the 6039E stuff, um, it, was a, it was a situation where um, I had an event that I had to go to out of the country. And so I said, well, I need to expedite this thing, do this, and do this um, uh, you know, under protest, under duress. And they came back to me and said, oh, you know what, until you talk to the IRS, we can't, we can't do your passport. So I'm going through the process right now of um, re-clearing up the records and getting that. So I've got to go back around the back door through the IRS and throwing all their stuff at them where, you know, they said basically, um, we have no reason to talk to you about any issues. And, and now getting... You know, throwing that back in their face and saying, okay, now you need to go and you need to take any block off of um, the State Department's computers because I don't have a relationship with um, so, so yes and no. You know, right now I'm fighting through to, to have it reissued that way. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Do you file a tax return? No. Okay, so that's why you would have no nothing to do with the IRS, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, for 20 years. So be, uh, I'd love to know how this turns out. I mean, if you can come back on and give us an update, that would be great. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I should, I, I, should have it, I should have it cleared up here with the next, I would say within the next, you know, four to six weeks is, is my thinking. Because they're just moving incredibly, incredibly slow. It's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, it's just mind numbing how how slow they and and they had you know through the through this process they had um, they had a couple of guys show up at my door and it, they looked like a couple of the guys from an old Saturday Night Live skit they had flannel <laughs> shirts and blue jeans and and, oh and you know down down vests on. and they're like well yeah you know um, you need to cut us a check I was like I First of all, who the hell are you? And I don't have to cut anything. Um, you know, and, and I said, I said, do you realize that, that, you know, I've got a lawsuit against you in the United States tax court? And they were like, you do? And I said, I said, you don't know? 
know? <laughs> and they're like, oh. And then, you know, then they just com went completely silent. And so I was like, okay, now I've got to sit there and I've got to go, you know, I've got to basically shake the bushes to get them out of there and force them into. So that's, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I sent a notice of misprison of felony for the violations of the, um, of the Privacy Act with respect to 6039E. Um, and at least in these cases, in my case, I've got people who actually put their, put their names on correspondence. Whether those names are in fact, you know, real, um, we're going to find out through the course of this process. So, so you know, everything for a reason. This is something that, something that I, you know, obviously um, uh, had to go through. And but, in the process, it's given me some really valuable information that I could, um, uh, that I've been, you know, able to use to help people um, to, you know, to get these things processed. And to, and to have them walk away, you know, happily, and having having tested stuff, um, uh, and 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 verified, in fact, that their records have been have been corrected, and um, and they can travel freely without having to have a driver's license, and obviously they don't have, they don't have voter's registration or any of the other indicia of U.S. citizenship, and it kind of changes the whole world for them, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. God, yeah. that's wonderful. Oh, cool. You know, we have a really cool. bad connection. You're not that clear, but I'm st we're still able to hear you, but clearly. Let's try this. Hold on a second. Okay. Okay, how's that? <laughs> Oh, sounds that, better. What did you do? Um, well, I was using a Bluetooth, uh, and uh, oh, now it's a lot better. Yeah, I think the Bluetooth is probably getting going um, uh, low on. Yeah, yeah, it's not okay. better. It's worse. Oh well. Nobody has any questions. I don't see anybody's hand up. I, they, they might be having a problem. I'm not sure. I think uh, there was a problem getting onto the chat. Okay. Uh, well, there's people uh, there. Oh, we got, I just looked, and now there's two hands up. So <laughs> hold on one second. Let's get this. Let's see. 323 has a question. Bob? What? Me a favor and just um, if you would put my email address on the chat if anybody has any questions. Um, okay. About after we're done. It's debtlawyer. Yeah, debtlawyer at gmail. At gmail.com. Debtlawyer at gmail.com. Okay, I just did it. There you go. Let's go back now and answer some of these questions. There's hands up. So, okay, three two three seven zero seven. You've been unmuted. Go ahead. Thank you. Have a question? Yes, thank you very much. My question pertains to this uh, this U.S. citizen and the state citizen and the Eleventh Amendment. The question it has to do with 
if they are operating under a different jurisdiction than what we believe when we come into those courts searching for redress of grievances, our remedy, which I believe in the Constitution states we have a right to create our own remedy if they don't provide one for us, even though that the people are the actual sovereigns and we decreed the law and ordained them to uh, delegated certain powers but never gave up our complete sovereignty, then how can they uh, try, I mean, obviously pirates can do what they want, but how can we overcome this uh, barrier where they believe that they are the almighty sovereign over the people versus citizen or persons and so forth? Well, you know, it's a great question. I mean, really, that's really, every, you know, it's, it, it, that question underlies everything that we're talking about here because the reality is that over time, very, very slowly, you got to remember, okay, these are Fabian socialists, a lot of them, and, um, and the, the, the logo for the Fabian socialists is a tortoise. And their motto is, I may not see it in my time, my son may not see it in his time, and my grandson may not see it in his time. But over time, we will institute a one-world government with complete control over every aspect of every human's life. And that, so that's what we're seeing. You know, they, they put it into place, um, and, and unless we are able to do things like what I'm talking about, reestablish our, our status, in a way that even their system understands, um, then it's just going to get worse. And the reality is that everywhere you go and every interaction that you have with these government services corporations, um, there are indicia of designations of you as a U.S. citizen. And if you don't rebut those, then, you know, this is what you get, okay? Um, so that's the long and the short of it. To me, when I saw personally, you know, because I'm, I mean, I'm just so sick of, um, you know, the urban legends out there about different things. When I started to see people who I knew and people who I helped um, start to have these kinds of experiences, um, and 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 provide solid evidence that I could see myself, um, you know, because I take the I'm from Missouri attitude. Show me, um, you know, I'm not I, I, I I'm going to I'm not going to call you a liar because I don't know, uh, but you know, anything that you anything that you do with respect to these things, I should be able to see. So show me. So the same way, you know, we talk about things like foreclosures. Um, you know, I would say, okay, you know, I understand the theory that you're going on. Um, show me a foreclosure case where that's happened. Because I've gotten foreclosure cases dismissed. I've gotten foreclosure cases and overcome motions for summary judgment. Um, and, and I can give you case numbers that where you can look at it and the, and the cases were dismissed or summary judgment was, was beat. Um, and, and this is a way to get that kind of proof. So that you're not sitting there and chasing after what I call shiny objects. Because the problem with this area is there are a lot of people, some well-intentioned, some ill-intentioned, 
um, who are out there and they're peddling things to people and um, and and you know they're they're ultimately just elaborate shiny objects that don't do what they're being um, uh, you know sold to do. Okay. Uh, no, he's there. Are you there? Okay, I'm still listening, but he cut out. Uh, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, oh. he's there. Okay. Well, the the bottom line here is my my question is, you say you have court cases, and that'd be great to be able to to review any of those things. Now, the if we go in again as our own one of the people and we are again sovereign how do we get enforceability against them or as i stated i believe that they're supposed to loan our their courts to us so we can receive remedy and if they don't are we just straight out dealing with pirates and they're gonna use the uh, power of the gun to overcome all law and all honor and things of that nature? Yeah, I mean, the reality is that, that those are their courts, all right? And those courts are corporations, okay? Look them up. They're, they've got Dun & Bradstreet numbers, all right? They're registered on the Securities and Exchange Commission. They're, you know, I, I mean, everything about them is is fraudulent from the perspective of, of what we expect to have. They're not, they are viewing you as a U.S. citizen, all right? Something that you've done. Uh, you, you bought insurance. You got a driver's license. You have a Social Security card. You have, you know, you got a, a driver's license. You got a, um, a passport where you said that you indicated by checking the box that you're a U.S. citizen. You got a marriage license, all right? All those things, um, uh, you know, they they present you in their system's eyes as a U.S. citizen, and a U.S. citizen does not have the rights that you're talking about. So what you're talking about is can you you know it is not a simple matter, and this is something that I'm going back and forth with Anna and some other people about um, because it's a big issue, obviously. Um, it, it it is a, it is an incredibly treacherous minefield to go into court expecting to get the kind of remedy that you're talking about in this day and age because all of the presumptions work against you and work for them. And, and if they can find a way to designate you and treat you as a U.S. citizen, that's what they're going to do because then you're their cash cow. So, you know, you're right, but um, I always want to know what's right. I, but I'm really, really concerned with what's effective, and and with what what I didn't hear the last thing. With what is what? With what's effective. Effective. Okay. Thank you. Well, my question to that is: if you go in and you do your rebuttable presumptions and you give your status right up front and you give them orders to show cause and or you give them everything that they needed and they don't answer which puts them in default 
then again, how do you, how are you, uh, would you enforce your judgment or your, uh, besides doing writs of error and vacating their orders and things like that and holding them in contempt and bench warrants and all these other things we can do as a, a people. And they have this presumption and assumption that we are what they think we are, but we negate everything that uh, you were stating and that I just stated, then who do we go to for the power to hold them accountable? Is it maybe the, uh, what's it called, something martial or the uh, army, uh, one of the head of the army uh, agencies or something like that? Hello? Yeah. Bob, are you there? Where'd he go? Yeah. You know what? I, oh, mean, there. I, I, I understand the gentleman's question. And, uh-huh. and unfortunately, you know, the answer is to expect to go into one of their courts where these people have been conditioned. Um, and I spent, I spent, you know, 28 years in those courts um, where these people are conditioned to not even see you. All right, to find a way to enforce those things in those corporate courts is almost impossible. It's not impossible, but you know what I found out from from going through and and you know working my entire professional career in those courts is that you um, the way I should have won every single case that I ever I ever went to court on, and I didn't. And the reason that I didn't. Or the ones that I won, um, I generally won towards the end just because I took advantage of the fact that the people that were that that were that were fighting against me were not good as litigators. They were just basically bureaucrats. They were paper pushers, and they weren't they weren't trial lawyers. And um, so, in the beginning, if you got a new judge. Um, that didn't understand how the system has been changed, and they were just going and and you know basing rulings on the rules of evidence and the rules of civil procedure. They would you would win every single time, but eventually, in the cases that I would work, they the judges would get reassigned because there was an incredible. Um, what I want to say, this incredible production line of, uh, you know, foreclosure cases, collection cases, and things like that. And 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 they weren't gonna, about to give up that gravy trap. Um, so they just reassigned the job. And then you get a judge in there and they tell them, you know, here's the deal, you know. We're, you know, we're going to give, you know, you've got discretion and we're going to get, we're going to give wide latitude here, even though we know that you know the banks are coming in and they're putting in fraudulent um, forged notes and um, and you know and and fraudulent affidavits. Uh, you know, you know these people wouldn't be in there if you know they shouldn't they shouldn't assign the loan documents is what they would say that kind of crap. So I understand your frustration. You understand obviously what the problem is. I mean, the long and the short of it is in the short term. There really aren't any any silver bullets 
to accomplish what you want to accomplish in the long run, it's exactly what we're talking about, which is you need to reestablish the jural assemblies and then you need to reestablish the courts. And, and then at that point, you know, all those claims go away because they're all based on statutes that, that apply to persons. And if you're not a person, then you, have, you don't have a problem. Okay, so uh, thank you for that information. It's very valuable. It, my next question, if I may, is that if these, and you're talking right now at the lower court or maybe even at the district court level, but we have things called the appellate courts, the state Supreme Courts, and or the uh, Supreme Court of the United States. So are they corrupt all the way through to the top with the same concept of uh, corporation, uh, municipality, corporation, maybe under the District of Columbia and or uh, uh, federal corporation as they've been defined in 28 U.S.C. 3002 and so forth. Are yeah. they corrupt all the way to the top to the United States Supreme Court? Well, I, I mean, they're operating as franchises of corporations, and they're doing their job, all right? And, and if you are perceived as a U.S. citizen, the Constitution doesn't apply in those courts, and you don't have the rights and privileges and immunities that you are presuming that you have, right? So you're, you might as well be talking a completely different language. Okay, so let's say you're not a United States citizen, you're not a state citizen, you're, you're not a state national United States or whatever they call it, and or you're just uh, one of the people spoken about in the preamble, we the people, and that's pretty much a different definition than what they've changed these dictionaries to from Black Laws, what is it, up to 8, 10, 12, 15, I don't even know. But in the early dictionaries, the, these lawyers who wrote these dictionaries, most of them, I believe, they have certain definitions in a certain manner of words. Now, we know they change words, and it's word magic that's being used. But if we're not, if we rebut those presumptions of citizenship and so forth, then are they, we know they're supposed to uphold to, but how do we? enforce them if we put it on the record, not only on document, under oath, and so forth. And so where can we get the enforceability when we rebutted those presumptions, and, and who do we go to to um, get that uh, power? Bob, are you there? Uh, hmm. <laughs> well, uh, I don't see him. Uh, I guess we lost him. I don't know what happened. Is, is um, Angela, is he, is yeah. he an attorney or an ex-attorney? Yeah, ex. Oh, so, okay. So he used to be a, a, a bar card member. Uh-huh. Okay, great. Okay, so he has a uh, first experience on that level. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, you can see where I'm going with my, my questions, and, and I do always appreciate your making yourself available to we the people with your talk oh. show. It's very important. And Thank you. Um, if, if he comes back on, uh, and he can answer that would be great. Maybe he's listening, but we can't hear him. 
And I don't uh, see him. Let me look in the chat. Well, let me see, because nope, he's not in the chat. Before, let's see, Detlor, he's on the computer, so he's there. He can okay. see. I don't know if he can hear what's going on, but he's. I see him on here as debt lawyer. But, right. Uh, so if any of your other listeners are listening, maybe somebody can come on and answer that one question because he's stating, yes, okay, we go into their arena. It's their court. Uh, we knowingly go in there, and so we have to abide by their rules and codes and statutes and regulations and whatever, but it's not law. And so my question is, if we've rebutted all their presumptions, then where do they go? They just dismiss our case, and then we get no remedy. We, we have no due process, and, and we have no aggrievability. You know, to, we have a right to, um, to, I guess, create our remedy. And I'm looking for the who do we go to once we've done everything I've suggested and to enforce the common law or the... Um, well, that's why the general assembly. I guess the general assemblies are important to change the way things are in the states. Because um, I don't know who's going to enforce it. <laughs> well, even that, okay. So we I, yeah, it brings me back to my what when when Bob Schultz went to court and asked for a redress of grievances because the government wasn't answering their questions. They 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 had they they. Um, put that document into the court and the judge came back and said, well, yeah, the Constitution says you have a right to redress of grievances, but the Congress people or whoever doesn't have to answer you. So, so there you go. So basically we're dealing with... <laughs> you got to sue them. That's how you get remedy. you got to file a lawsuit okay. against them. Seems to be the only and way to get... You file, yeah. Let's say you file mm -hmm. lawsuits and they just dismiss your lawsuit one after another. Then what? I don't know. I do right. not so know. That's why I'm trying to get to the bottom line. Let's say you've done everything that you can possibly do. You're out of their system and you're looking uh -huh. to uh, redress grievance and get received remedy and um, become indemnified and still uh, you get nowhere. So that means we're just dealing with... Um, Old style, I guess, King George the Third. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? Well, when it comes to the just the the judicial system in America, I don't know anyone that's happy with it or has found, you know, I, I they it used to be, I guess, that they were trustworthy and honest, <laughs> but I don't see that anymore. But you know, that's me. I'm not Bob. Bob might have a different opinion. He's not on right now. I don't know what happened to him. We lost him. He mentioned we might, so we'll just give him yeah. a few minutes. We'll hang back. But, uh, yeah, I feel the same way you do. I feel like, you know, you jump through all these hoops for these people. You get no remedy. But, I mean, remedy, they're not going to hand you a piece of paper saying, here, you're right, you win. It's not going to happen. But you might so then, be able to so then, get rid of them in your life. They won't tell you that, but they'll stay away. Like Bob was talking about, you know, you get one of those do not detain uh, statuses. Cops look you up and it says do not detain, and then you go your your way. That's that's remedy. That's success, in my opinion. But um, okay, so, I haven't so then what, that yet. What, 
what it sounds what it sounds like you're saying and he was saying is that at this point in our society which we all try to create value as a people and we again the people ordained those people there for the United States of America to take an oath on behalf of the people of the United States I mean of the United States on behalf of the people of the United States of America and their oath means nothing it sounds like and that if there is no enforceability then they leave the people no choice but to do what has happened every three to five hundred years against every government that's what it sounds like and I would never uh, advocate anything that has to do with violence because that's not the way I believe that there's got to be some thing that uh, we have been um, not given full disclosure to that is out there besides the constitutions articles confederation declaration independence and all the organic uh, doctrines that some believe is a living doctrine others believe it states what it says and they're supposed to follow it but uh, maybe it's the masses of the people are not backing up the few of us who uh, believe in justice believe in the Constitution even though we're above the Constitution as a people because we're the ones that ordained them we're the ones have the sovereignty initially and those who we delegated powers to do not have a sovereignty higher than that for which created it I believe it is stated and so well yeah well I don't know what to tell you um, I've gotten remedy on my own dealing with different agencies of the government um, but in court uh, I've won in court I've won in small claims court not against a government entity not yet anyways um, I don't know you know uh, what what is it, what is your problem? I mean, what is the situation you're dealing with? I mean, what exactly are you well, going for here? It's a multiple of things, not just one set thing, but it really boils down to the rights of the people and the difference between, I guess, how they are ruling in equity and or uh, maybe it's a military tribunal versus the common law versus a republic if we have a republic or do we not have a republic that's you know really a big question well, it's probably a matter of opinion. some people would Go say ahead. yes some people would say no so it's a matter of opinion by their actions been... i would say no by their actions it would be you know more by their actions but um, I don't know if they'll ever come straight out and say that because that would probably cause a, a little cuff between the people and the government uh, wouldn't you agree if they came out and said what if they came out and said this is no longer a republic oh yeah no they would never do that they would never do right. that they can't admit that <laughs> The, United United States States Republic. <laughs> the Republican yeah. form of government it's supposed to be anyway right. I mean, but I by their actions they're, they're, 
They're acting. Oh yeah, they're acting now. like fascist pigs. You know, they're all socialist, fascist, <laughs> whatever you call them. I mean, okay. uh, they're not looking out for us. Let's put it that way. They're looking out for themselves. They don't care about us. They want to eliminate most of us. We're in the way. They don't need us. They don't want us. Just like we don't really need them, and I don't really want them, but they've got the upper hand. Right? They got the guns. They got the big guns. They got all the big guns. We don't. And they're dwindling us down daily. But anyway... So the gentleman was talking about a jural society. Is there a jural society within the jural assemblies? Um, California? I don't jural know. Assembly. You know, I just was on the page. I was looking at it. The American States Assembly. And I was just on this page to get information. But because uh, they, they've got the steps. It's step one documents, step two, step three. You got resources. They, they tell you uh, all kinds of stuff. Recording your documents, not registering your documents, assume name, expatriation. I mean, there's a lot of things on here. You should go to the website and look, take a look at it. That's uh, the American States Assembly. Okay, when I get dot, a chance to get to a computer, I will do dot that net, for sure. Dot net. Yeah, and then you click on correct your political status. There's a link there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not near. I'm not near a computer, so I wouldn't be able uh, to do that now. But uh, okay. So, well, hopefully he'll come back on. I don't know how much longer you'll be on. Maybe um, you know relinquish the time to one of your other callers. I think you said there was another one waiting, and then uh, yeah. I'll be looking. But I want to thank you again, and oh, uh, you're thank welcome. Bob for you know, trying to answer the question the best he knows how, and maybe yeah. he'll come back on and be able to follow up. Oh, I hope so. I don't see him yet. Still uh, okay. not on, so, and I don't have anyone else with their hand up, so I don't know. We can stay on a little longer and talk about other things or talk about the same things. I want to do Anna's paperwork. Has anyone on our call done Anna's paperwork and is satisfied with it, has found... They got their passport, no problem. The wait without claiming to be a U.S. citizen. Um, I'd love to hear uh, if anybody. Oh, here, 405. You've been unmuted. Go ahead, 405. Thank you. Hi, Hi Angela. Hi. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. I missed that. I missed that uh, website. I was trying to look it up. American state. American. Uh huh. American states. Plural assembly dot net. Okay. Okay. I just want to look that up. Um, I didn't really and then have it uh, scrolls all the way uh, down I'm like five kidding. miles. <laughs> but that's okay. Like five miles. It goes five oh, miles if you scroll down. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Here it is. All right. Um, I'm wondering if um. If we can, you know, uh, us peons, you know, they always talk about opening a bank account without your social security number. If we could somehow figure out a way that if that, then you could sue the bank. I was wondering if Bob had an opinion on this, that if, um, if, if they refuse to, then we could learn to take them to small claims court in whatever state you live at. And then we could bring pressure to those banks like that. And this way we're making a little bit of money while we're learning how to deal with 
court procedure without, you know, going to court with the IRS or someone like that. Mm. I don't yeah. Know. But <laughs> claims, I'm thinking, yeah, a little bit of leniency and stuff like that. So I don't know if you could drag a, a bank into a small claims court or not. But well, you know what? They, they I went into Wells Fargo and I asked. I, I told them I wanted to uh, get a bank account and I didn't have the social. They brought me over a page, a W eight B E N. They will gladly let you get a bank account without a social security number. They're doing it to every illegal coming across the border. They just give them a W eight B E N. It makes some kind of number that for tax purposes or whatever, and you can get a bank account. So you don't have to sue them. For <laughs> oh, well, but, but that, that probably, that, but what does that really mean, a W-8-B-E-N mean? I have no idea. <laughs> it's another form yeah. for if you're not a citizen uh. or whatever, I do not know. It's if you don't have a social, a, a social security number, but they're giving it to people coming across the border, so I'm assuming... It's for people that are uh, not citizens, right? Uh, but I don't right, know. right. But I mean, okay. Well, maybe that's one of the things that's changed. Maybe they, they figured a way around it so that people could obviously, all these illegals could open up a bank account without having the having a social insecurity number. But <laughs> um, okay. Well, I was just uh, wanting to check on that deal, and it did come up for me. And uh, I, I guess on a sidebar, I was at our state GOP convention in Oklahoma, and I oh. talked to Senator Senator Langford, and I said, well, Rand Paul wanted to get us all out of Afghanistan and give bonuses to the soldiers, and we'd save all these billions of dollars. And then my senator came back with, well, you know we'd have to worry about the drugs over there, so we'd still have to keep a little contingency force down there, just like we have in Honduras. Well, yeah, and Bush owns the Bush stuff. family has all those poppy fields, you know, that opium trade well, it's is just, there. It's just those people, like I say, the people that work for us aren't working for us. They're working against us. Uh-huh. And and if you own, let me ask you this, if you own a business, okay, let's say you own a business, you've got 100 employees, and you didn't like the way they were working for you, what would you do? I'd fire them. There you go. That's it. I know. That's what we need to do. Just not that uh, easy. Trust me, I have I haven't voted for him in the last two times. And <laughs> he got in there and now he's got a he's a redheaded guy. And he talks the thing. He has this look and then blah blah blah. And it's uh-huh. just all the appeal, you know. It's just the appeal, you know. And then people are just so dumb about that stuff. Uh huh. They continue to do the same shit every four years. Right. You, you, you know what's even worse. <laughs> I mean, do you have any other buddy waiting online? No, I don't. Okay, well, uh, unfortunately, what was worse is our opening prayer was done by our state attorney, General Mike Hunter. And in his prayer, he's talking about not praying for leaders, that we need these leaders that are going to lead us and lead us and lead us. And, oh. and I was like, Shut up, buddy. And so I actually sent him an email saying, I don't need anybody to lead me because I rule myself. Maybe you should go watch the Philosophy of Liberty on YouTube and learn something about it. 
And I was just, I was just disgusted. The guy is praying, and he's praying about us getting, about us bowing down to government. Yeah. Well, of yeah, course, he's just, part of it, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, so yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, 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 I'm looking at the website now, and I didn't mean to get off kilter there. I wish uh, no, it's okay. I sound like good. Well, what Bob's doing, because it, it reminds me of, uh, you had Christopher Bronski on there once, and he talked about getting your passport without right. using yeah. the, Chris Bronski. Right. Yeah. So he, right. And we don't Bob write, said he I attended his have, classes, so. Okay, because you're right. Class. When I, <laughs> if you tell somebody you're not a U.S. citizen, they kind of look at you weird, and you kind of have to explain it to them, but it's kind of fun, too. Yeah. I don't, you don't really have to explain it, you know, if they don't know, tell them to look it up. Say, U.S. citizen, well, Google it. <laughs> right. Something. Actually, what I usually do is I say, well, first of all, I say, do you own yourself? And they always say yes. I go, well, you can do whatever you want as long as you don't steal, you don't harm anyone, and you honor your commitments. After that, I don't care. And then they kind of, and then they start giving me this. I say, well, okay, well, are you harming anyone? Okay, well, then go do it. You know, are you stealing? You know, and they, it's just real simple things, but the government wants to control us and always make sure we're at each other's throats because we don't want to be at them, right? So, you know, I mean, you don't always win those arguments with people, but you just kind of go about your business and, as long as they're not harming me, I'm not going to give them too much grief. <laughs> uh, that's all they do is give us but, grief. There is also, hey, guess what? There is a um, trying to start a 28th Amendment to reel in all this uh, corporation spending of money. And uh, I, they were just talking. I went to a little thing here in Oklahoma City on it. And they're like they didn't make the point. They're always all of these changes in the Constitution have generally been through amendments. So if we can get enough uh, U.S. senators, believe it or not, and people on board, we can we can change the uh, what was that Supreme Court decision? U.S. citizen versus the FCC, or I can't remember the, the Supreme Court case, but because corporations are not people. You know, and so if we can get that, we can rein in that money that's flowing because the example they gave was like 90% or 95% of the big money comes from, you know, big corporations. And we, 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 we people are getting the shaft. So hopefully a, a 28th Amendment will come about. And so it's something to look towards. Well, let's see here. Still no... Bob. Oh, well. I don't know what well, to do. Well, it's been an hour and a half, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to mute out, okay? Or can you okay. mute out? Sure. Thank you, Thank you nice so much. Again. Nice talking to you, right. too. <clears throat> well, 323 is still open. That's, that's, what, that 323 area code, that's local to me. Where are you? Three two three seven zero seven. Okay, well, I guess you don't want to talk. 
323 is local to my area code. Isn't that interesting? Well, I don't see Bob coming back. I don't. I know he's on the computer. I can see him on the computer, debt lawyer. There you are. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we'll wait. Oh, one more minute or so. See if he comes back. Um, oh, well. I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we call it a night? And wrap it up? Or should we hang out and wait? Um, I don't know. Great Kazoo is in the chat. What is he saying? We are doing this to ourselves by believing our parents and our teachers and our friends giving bad legal advice. That is all our problem, listening to bad advice. True. Okay, Mike, I'll wait a little bit more. I'll wait a little bit more. It's only 7.29 anyway. Come on, Bob. I, you know, I tried calling them on my cell and it went to voicemail, so... Maybe he picked up whoever he had to pick up at the airport and is busy doing that. I don't know. Like when he's on. Okay, no more way. <laughs> okay, Mike. I like when he's on. I wish uh, we should have him and Anna on again. I like that. But anyway. Or, or Sam Davis. I like Sam Davis. Uh, anyway, all right, well, hmm. uh, 7.30, and Bob is not back yet. I'm looking for his 312 area code come up on the screen, or his, um, <clears throat> I see he's on the computer as debt lawyer. So I don't know if he can't hear us. Let me check my email. Uh, oh, paralegals. Uh, let me check piracy. Busy tonight. Invisible contracts, why the Constitution does not apply in the courts, the UCC connection, audiobook. Anna, Paul Strammer, Excellent Perception in Three-Dimensional Art, Dealing with Presentments, Audiobook, and Your Car is Watching You, Who Owns the Data? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, what else? I'm looking for Bob on my email, just in case he tried. Uh, I don't see him. Nope. Not there. All right. Well, I guess we can close it out. Everybody, have a great weekend. I love you a lot. Um, take care of each other. Help each other. And uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Same time. Same station or channel. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. See you next time.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.